I am thrilled uh, to participate in another TIFF one-on-one, -on -one, this time with uh, writer-director Carolina Markowitz. Uh, it is a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you so much for the time. Thank you. It's, a, it's my pleasure. Um, Charcoal is a wonderful film. It is really interesting and, and it's dark, it's funny, it's tragic, it's, it's all sorts of, there were a lot of emotions I felt watching this film. Uh, I was wondering, what, what was it that inspired uh, Charcoal? Well, first of all, thank you very much. I'm very honored that you enjoyed the film. Uh, well, I grew up in the countryside in a small city close to Joanopolis, the city where, you know, charcoal is based. And, you know, it, all, it always felt very weird to me, all the, all the roles that people needed to play. And they, they didn't exactly fit in it, but they needed to, you know, to, to play a role. And like, I knew people that were gay, that, you know, were married, that they couldn't be gay. They, you know, they would rather be discovered as you know, drug dealers rather than gays, you know, and and couples that were married and didn't even talk to each other. So this always amazed me in, in a very weird way. And I always wanted to portray about this experience that I had. Also, uh, I met a woman at once that it was very inspirational for me and that she lived in a house that was very you know far away from everything and she was very like very looked very angry all the time and her husband was always like laughing and maybe kind of drunk let's say like that because he he seemed to be like that and i knew that at some point someone did something that she didn't like it and she threatened the person to death so i this is where the idea of this family that would, ha would hide a drug dealer came for me. So I kind of mixed all these feelings that I had since I was a kid with this situation, with this woman, with this woman that I know. And also it felt very necessary for me to talk about the political Brazilian situation nowadays, how violence got uh, very normalized and how the absurd is not absurd anymore. So I think every, everything was quite mixed, you know, and, uh, you know, and how violence and this absurdity became a cycle and that we are completely used to it. There's no, nothing absurd any longer. And that's, that's how charcoal came to life. See, that was one of the things you said something there that I thought was so fascinating about the film is that the, the, there's there's almost like a, a malaise about violence. Everybody's up in arms about other things, trying to protect themselves. But, you know, without saying how the film ends, the, the final shot of the film sort of hammers that home. Um, and, and it seems like people just aren't concerned about it. I was wondering, uh, what is it that, or why was that so important for you to portray? And, and where does that come from? Well, because I... I... I think the violence and some and some ways of you know defending yourself let's say like that I don't know exactly you know what people think about this has been exchanged has been completely distorted I don't know if this word exists in English does it like you know distorted yes absolutely yeah to to feel some 
to fill up some, let's say, some interests, you know? So how can you tell that you will be safer arming someone? It doesn't make sense. And it's what happening worldwide and it's what happening here in Brazil. And so uh, you justify, uh, it, you can justify everything saying it was in the name of the family and in the name of God, because there's no logic. It's just something that it is how it is because it's written in a fictional book. And, you know, so for me, it enters in this place where you can justify everything by your your own interest you know and and it just doesn't make sense so i wanted to to create a, a to try to to raise a reflection on that as well because i think we live in in this moment that you know like we have a president here in brazil that states that he'd rather have a dead son than a, a gay son so yeah. <laughs> i mean how how violent you can't get more violent than that you know towards people and and towards people's truth and feelings and you know so uh, i think this uh, this creates more violence and what you said about the last scene of the film i think it's the metaphor it's not a metaphor it's it's you know the the image of how this boy that grew up in this violence where everything that happens uh, it's violent. Excuse me. God bless. Sorry, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and also the the family that that can't live their own truth, like that family is not a family. They hate each other. They don't even talk to each other. This is violence. Also, everything is violence. You know where he lives. So you know how couldn't he be violent? How couldn't he perpetuate this violence? It's impossible. So I think this is pretty much what I wanted to to try to to do in this film. I like that you said everything is violence. Uh, not that I, because in this film it feels like that. Even uh, I will not hear "Happy Birthday" the same way again. Um, I'm thankful my birthday is past because I that cake scene is something else. Um, but you, you you touched on something so interesting there. I think is status quo. And keeping up appearances is so central in this movie because all of these things are, are taking place, yet everyone is is pretending uh, to to keep people away. You know, don't don't oh no, oh my my father is fine. <laughs> oh he's snapping. Oh, you know, this oh you, no, it's fine. You you don't need to wake him. And it's like uh, okay. I was wondering if you could talk about that tension between between the status quo and reality, and is, is that what you see happening in in real life? Yeah, I think this is the part where it's it's my feeling of my my childhood and teenage times in in the countryside. You know that you needed to pretend something, that you needed to be something that was expected. So. Her husband, I mean, I, I think they know that their husband are gays or have something, but they are still pretending that they are a family, that they go to the church, and, they, and she pretends that she needs to help the priest, that the church needs money, 
and they pretend they are a family and this it, it's attention to be to pretend that you you are something you are not it's a lie it's like it, it's like it's a play it's a play it's a complete play that you know so uh i think that scene specifically that you said it we we, we try to create this tension because for, for me, for many reasons, because we don't know if she did the same with her mom, if she knows, if she knows that Irene did it with her father, if she's going to speak about her husband with her, what's going on? What's going on there? There are so much uh, things unsaid, you know, because they're all taboos. And what should be real taboos, which is violence and disrespect, is not so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fascinating, and, you know. It, and one of the scenes I thought was really interesting is is early on. You mentioned the church, and the scene where she she's at church. I, I actually I laughed out loud. I admit when when he says, "Oh, you know," she's like, "Well, if I if I earn some more money, maybe I'll give it." And he's like, "Oh, well, we're struggling financially." And you pull away immediately to this stunning building, um, and it it, it I, I thought it was hilarious, but. I was wondering in the in this culture and in this in this space is the church what what role does the church play is it is it culturally irrelevant is it just there for keeping up appearances I was I was just wondering what what why include that to you Because I think uh the religion is very strong here and the Christian religion, and also we are facing a, a increase, an absurd increase of the evangelic church as well. In this case, it was like a Christian church, and everything we are, we have a lot of discussions here how everything is um, justified because God wanted in the name of God, because it's supposed to be like that it is like that so and at the same time this way you can justify absolutely anything you know like if you do good things if you do bad things god wanted in the name of god and also the church profit profits from it because it's the place where you go and you can hear whatever you want to hear to do the things you want to do so I think this was very important for, for the film in this way, because when the main character, she goes into the church and the priest is like, oh, the family is good. And, and then she interprets this the way she wants and she's fine to do whatever you know she, she wants to do. And I think this is very, very strong in the countryside as well, this religious um, devotion and and the church almost become a theater as well, you know, playing yeah. fiction that at some times goes towards people's fiction and it's it's a match. Yeah, yeah, it, and that, that plays out here, absolutely. I, I just, uh, one of the things I thought was also interesting about the film, with all these things playing it or playing out in front of us, the film's called Charcoal. This is the thing we're leading with. And, and so much of the film I mean, the fire is always burning um, and, and takes significant, significant roles within the storytelling. Um, but I was wondering from your perspective why that was the most important thing to emphasize. Because, you know, a title is the first thing that people connect with 
with the film. What was it about charcoal that uh, that you felt was so important? Um, to be perfectly honest, the film, uh, when I first started writing the film, it was called When My Life Was My Life. And the film had many stages of development. In the very beginning, it was a film about this organization that was specialized in replacing mafia people. Mm. And then uh, there was this woman who is still in the film, who is the head of this mafia, that woman. And then it was more focused on the drug dealer who comes to Brazil. And then it became less more focus on the family and on the mother of the family who whose actions lead everything that happened in the film so it didn't make sense anymore to have this title because it was related to whom who who whose life was that yeah. it we wanted to create like this family you know this it's like a team it's like a, the mafia was the family out kind of like that you know so and charcoal is a, like a very predatory it's a very predatory way of, of doing, of people work in very bad condition here, even in, in this very city, Joanopolis, there are a lot of small charcoal factories and people work with no EPI at all. And they get really sick, very, very bad uh, with like lung tumors. And, you know, it's, it's very, very predative. It's very, you know, it's very, uh, inhuman and also everything that was a problem to this family became charcoal so I, I thought that you know became ash yeah. and I think charcoal it symbolizes a lot this you know for me it's like something that it's predatory and it's this cycle of violence to do charcoal you you get the wood I don't know the name in English of eucalyptus this wood and it becomes something to be burned so it's like the burning of the burning of the burning. For me, it was very symbolical to the film. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, well, honestly, uh, Carolina, the film is fascinating. It's a really interesting piece. Uh, just as we wrap up here, I was wondering what you hope audiences take away from it. Um, well, my hope would be the audience uh, to... to to raise some kind of reflection on, on this cycle of violence and what we are living nowadays and how we are becoming immune to the absurd that we should, you know, be beware that the absurd is still absurd that, you know, we should look at each other and, and it's important for us to, to remember that we are humans and, you know, and all this violence that is going on in, in many ways it's not normal. And also I hope that people fall in love with, with my beloved cast that I love so much. I'm very proud of them and, and Jean, the boy that I'm, you know, I, I'm very anxious for people to see them and, and the boy as well, because I'm very, I'm a fan of them. <laughs> they do a great job. And, uh, and, and so does he to highlight, to highlight uh, Jean's character. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, thank, thank you so much for the time to chat. I really appreciate it. And I wish you the best at the festival. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure meeting you. I hope to see you. You live in Toronto. I do. I do. Oh, I hope to see you there. Hopefully. Yes, that would be great. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay, nice, to meet you. nice to meet you. Yes.